Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. This is the Lombardi Line, a part of the DraftKings pregame power-up, which airs every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 1 o'clock Pacific here, leading you up to kickoff for a full slate of NFL actions. Three shows, five hours, all you can eat of game day prep. And we're here on the Lombardi Line. We are on the Roku channel, Samsung TV, and Zumo Play, and we have also reported as eligible here on this Week 17 Sunday. Michael Lombardi, how are we doing this morning? We're good. We're doing really well. We're doing a lot better than Mike McCarthy, Brad Allen, Dan Campbell. I mean, that was a display unlike any other last night, Femi. Unlike any other. I mean, it was dueling, poorly game-managed players. But I think another example, Femi, of how the, the real substance of the story gets lost, right? You know, everybody's focused on Brad Allen and the ineligible receiver and all that. Yet nobody talks about that there were two flags on the play and there wasn't a legal formation. So even if they would have sorted through all the other stuff, the illegal formation would have overturned it. The decision to continue to kick to go for it on two is one that I just, you know, I know all the people in the analytical community thinks that's brilliant. I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But what drove me crazy, what drove me absolutely insane happened in the second quarter. You know, I've started my love affair with football when I was nine or ten years old. And at that time, they told me that the winner has the most points, that the object of the game is to collect points along the way. And somehow, and I don't know where this happened, but somehow that NBA, we want three-pointers, not two-pointers, has manifested itself into the NFL, where field goals are no longer vital. Yet we watched. New Orleans, we watched this, the Broncos kick field goals and win games because he won't go for it. And yet Dan Campbell in the second quarter with five minutes to go, he's going to get six more possessions to go in the game after he's had four, three chances to score from, what, the seven, and he can't do it. He decides to go for it on fourth down, and nobody questions the move because, of course, they put that stupid graphic up that says ESPN says go for it. What does that mean anyway? Like, what does that mean? What does that graphic have anything to do with the situation that is occurring on the field at the present time? Yeah, it, it was really remarkable because it was fourth and goal, not from the one, from the four-yard line. 
when they decided to go for that there. Like, I I wasn't surprised because that's been the Detroit Lions MO. And, like, they talked about on the broadcast, like, no team has gone for fourth down more than the Detroit Lions. I think they're at 30% or 30 times, I believe it was. I forgot what the number was. But they lead the league in fourth down attempts. And, hey, that's what Dan Campbell decides to do. I mean, they had the fake punt, which worked this time versus what happened on Thanksgiving. But it, it was a, a questionable decision to go ahead and go for it from the four and just kind of let Dallas off the hook when they had been moving the ball up and down the field. It makes no sense. I mean, why not keep collecting points? You know, it isn't like you sit there and say, well, I've got a top five defense and I'm going to get the ball back at the 40 or I'm Mm -hmm. playing the Jets with Taylor with with Trevor Simeon or Zach Wilson or 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 Tim Boyle. Like, you, you know, the Cowboys can move the football and they did. Eventually they punted. But, you know, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we do- why are we turning down points when the object of the game has never changed going back to Curly Lambeau? Whoever has the most points win. So why don't you take the points? Like, scoring from the four is hard to do, right? It's yeah. hard to do. It's like it requires a really good play call. It really does. I mean, they have gone for it on fourth down before that game 38 times. They're 50% on third down. Wouldn't you rather have a 99% chance of scoring than a 50% chance? I I want four points, too. Look, I want to take the touchdown. But I'm in a game where that three points is going to change some of the tactics within the game. And then, you know, not to be outdone, not to be outdone. And I defend McCarthy quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But that decision to throw the ball on second down after the Lions used their second timeout it is almost a, a coach. It's, it is coaching malpractice. Like you, second and fourteen, and they and you got and you're going to throw the ball. Now Dak took on Dak took it on the sword and said, "Well, I should have thrown the crosser. You shouldn't have thrown anything. You should have handed the ball off the Pollard." It's and which is strange because all night long the Cowboys couldn't really get the running game going, and then at a time when it's time to run the football, let's keep the clock moving. They have one timeout left. They decide to throw the goal ball, and 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 it's like a 50-50 proposition at best. There, he threw I, it out of bounds. I, it's, yeah, he threw it out of bounds. <laughs> it's it's insane. That, that's not 50-50, Femi. That's zero one hundred to the defense. It's it's honestly insane. But this is what they've done in the past, though, which is why like. As somebody who's a, as a Cowboys fan, or even if, if you have Cowboys futures, how could you not be concerned about this game management in the playoffs? Like, he's done this against ah. Seattle. He did it again last night to where he gifts the Detroit Lions an extra timeout, gives them 40 more seconds to where they should get the ball back with 105, they get it back with 145. Like, like, that, like that should have cost them the game. And then they run double seam. Like, you don't think they're going to run seam routes down the field? Yeah. Like, you know, like, seriously. And then, you know, and then Campbell and, and everybody's going to say it's OK. You know, he went for these teams trying to win. The job of a head coach is to continue is to give your team the best chance to win. It isn't the best chance on one play. If it's just one play, why don't we just line up on the five yard line? You got to play. I got to play. And we'll just keep running it from the five and see who wins. Like, this is stupid. Get the game in overtime. Right. Your defense was playing fairly good. Right, they, they, with the Cowboys, they couldn't run the ball. They had 61 yards rushing. You know, maybe you hold them. You know, maybe you don't. I mean, I don't know. Their field goal kicker can make a kick. So the Cowboys are going to kick the ball. You got a chance to move the ball. Like, why not continue the game to give your team the best chance to win? You know, Lombardi had this great saying uh, about the Packers. He said, we never lose, but sometimes the clock runs out on us. Well, that means that, you know, they just didn't have enough time to keep scoring. Well, the clock, why would you run the game out? Why would you eliminate the game? 
Yeah, I, I did not understand the decision to go ahead and try to go for two again after the penalty. Obviously, the, the penalty is what everyone is talking about there on the two-point conversion. Taylor Decker catches the pass, but he's deemed uh, as an ineligible receiver. But, and but that was an illegal formation, there, so we're even, you know, like as bad as Brown but, Allen's been, the non-call against Kansas City, that's your boy Brad Allen there too with Mark Scantling. You know, it cost them that game. These guys just live through the raindrops. I mean, they don't give a darn. Careers are won and lost with these guys. They make these horrible calls. And, of course, we've got these guys on TV that defend their calls. You know, like there was some blatant pass interference calls last night they didn't call. And some they did. Just fly from city to city as, as people get fired and, and not make the playoffs or, or not get a one seed, as was the case with the Detroit Lions. So here's what Allen said, though, because he was asking the pool report about the two penalties. The, the reporter said, we noticed there were two flags thrown on that same play. Was there another penalty called on that play as well? Allen said yes, because number 70 reported as eligible and he was covered up on the line of scrimmage. That makes it an illegal formation. So number 70 is an illegal position because he is covered up by rule and number 68 catches the pass, which is also illegal. But he, he talked about the illegal part on the formation being number 70, Dan Skipper, who the Lions said never reported as eligible. Like, like, that's where this confusion thing is. Like, Allen saying he reported as eligible. The Lions all say that Taylor Decker reported as eligible. Let's play the cut here from Detroit. Uh, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and then offensive tackle Taylor Decker. Here's what they had to say after the game. I don't want to talk about it, all right? I explain everything pregame to a T. Okay, I did that. 70 reported, 58 didn't. Or 68 didn't. We threw it to 68. That was the explanation. Pretty confused. Um, what I do know, and I don't know if I'll get fined for this, but I do know that Decker reported. I do know that Dan Skipper did not. And I do know that they said that Dan Skipper did. So it's unfortunate. I mean, I did exactly what coach told me to do and uh, went to the ref, set report, and uh, yeah, I don't know. And, you know, it was my understanding too that, you know, Dan brings up the possibility of those sorts of plays pre-game, so uh, I did, did what I was told to do and did how we did it in practice all week. So the, the Lions were working under the premise that they felt that Decker had reported as eligible, which, I mean, I think at that point, like, doesn't you, was he fine on that side? Because I know there was a receiver that was not on the line of scrimmage, but if he's eligible, isn't that a legal formation? Yeah, I mean, I think to me, and this whole notion that Decker didn't, I mean, they both went over. Like, two guys can't report, right? Yeah. And you see Decker come over. You see Skipper come in the game. I mean, the fact what Campbell said is really true. So, back in 14, do you remember the, the, the divisional championship game where oh, yeah. we ran an illegal formation, illegal formation, but Michael Hooman was the, the tackle, but he really became the receiver? Mm -hmm. And John Harbaugh went berserk over it. Well, Belichick went to, I think it was Vinovich, who was a referee at the time. He went over and said, okay, here's what we're going to do in the game. I want you to be aware of it so you understand it. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Harbaugh went berserk. We ran it twice on the same drive because we knew once the drive was over, they would fix the problem on the sideline. So, you know, you, you, when you go to the officials and you say, here's what we're doing, this will be come down to it. And, you know, that's where I think, you know, you got to give Campbell. He, he feels like he did that. He explained it to them. The other thing that which makes going for the, the two after it moved back five yards ridiculous is, he had a great two-point play. Forget all the, the illegal formation, all that. That was a really good two-point play. But what happens is when you use up your two-point play, do you have another one? 
So now he's got a five. Now he needs a play from the seven. You don't have one play from the seven to trick him. And the fact that Goff can't move, right? What usually happens in the red zone when people score is the quarterback, it's always the second play, right? It's like, okay, the protection breaks down, I'm sliding to the right, and I got a receiver running back behind the line, I throw it to him, touch the right. We know Goff's not going to move around, so it's either the play's got to be perfect or you're not going to score, right? And, and, and sometimes the play is perfect, right? Yeah. But – I mean, to me, you don't have another two-point play in your bag. When we beat Atlanta in the Super Bowl, we practiced two days, Thursday and Friday, five minutes each day on two-point plays because we felt like we were going to be ahead and we needed to extend the lead. Fortunately, we were behind and needed to catch up. Yeah. But that's not the case here. They had the great play. Unfortunately, it was flagged. I think the decision to then go for it after the offsides, that felt a little emotional to me uh, from Dan Campbell. But we'll get into all of the Week 17 slate. Ten games in the early window here on the Lombardi Line. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Looking to bet smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today and get a VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. You're going to get the daily best bets. You're going to get the exclusive betting splits. Also, the premium analysis and 24-7 video, plus all of our betting guides and best bets for all college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this offer. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Last segment, we were recapping uh, last night's just comedy of errors to, to conclude that game between the Lions and the Cowboys. Dallas winning 20-19. to 19. Uh, If you had Detroit with the points, congratulations. You went ahead and got home. And uh, how about yeah. the people betting the I, under? I like that. Yeah. I was enjoying that. My man Russo had that. Oh, yeah, you he know, laid he it, right? On that. Yeah. He laid the, he laid, you know, his sheet had four and a half to start off and we had to correct them. I don't, you know, we got it, you know, the line's five and a half, you know, would it close at six, Femi? I think uh, it closed at six, right? No, no, it closed, it ended up closing five. It did go down yeah, to five? It closed yeah. five, yeah. So anyway, he was at five and a half, but, you know, he was sitting there probably having his half a gummy at 20 to 13 thinking he got me again, you know, but he didn't. So there we go. 
hopefully save the the other half for today uh, as, yeah. as we take in the NFL action today. And uh, the biggest game is in the early window in Baltimore where the Dolphins are taking on the Baltimore Ravens right now. Ravens three-point favorites, total 46-and-a-half. Both teams clinching scenarios on the table. Dolphins can clinch the AFC East. Ravens can clinch their division, the AFC North, and home field advantage throughout the playoffs here. But uh, injury news, we saw last night Raheem Mostert has popped up and is not expected to play. Raheem Mostert... Uh, it sounds like he will be out of this game. Jalen Waddle's already been ruled out. Uh, do you agree with the, the the number here at three? It feels like we've been bouncing back and forth, but we might settle and close at three here. Yeah, I, I think to me it, it, there's been two-way action. Early in the week, a lot of pros, a lot of people were all over Miami. You know, I think a lot of this was factored in because of the trip, uh, the short week for Baltimore, playing the tough game against San Francisco, coming back. You know, everybody loves Baltimore when they're the dog, but as the favorite, you know, when uh, – Lamar Jackson is the favorite of three points or less, you know, uh, or as an underdog, he's 21 and six ATS, you know, and when he's favored by more than three, he's 22, 31 ATS. So, you know, there's always a little bit of that factor going in this. So you want Baltimore's the dog Miami with a tune will have to be the back, right? They'll, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll run the ball. I mean, I think the one thing Miami has got to be able to do is run the ball because I do think Baltimore having played them last year in week week two of the season where they made that incredible comeback where they scored 35 points in the second half and you know they decided not to cover Tyreek Jones Tyreek Hill on a play or two uh, you know I think that's going to etch in their mind and this will be a challenge I think for Lamar against Vic Fangio's defense because I really think to me the strength of the Miami team is as much as we talk about their offense the strength of their team is their ability up front and we've seen their offense is no longer the leader in yards per pass play. They were on that unbelievable pace, but it has slowly kind of trended down. And and I think that, you know, they're going to have to win the game, execute third down. The key to this game and whenever you play Miami is you've got to force them into 12 or more third downs. No big plays. Make them execute on third down, see if they can do it. Do you see this being a lower scoring game? Because you mentioned how Miami's offensive kind of slowed down a little bit. Mostert's not in there. But we know Tyreek Hill's really the engine. But it feels like Baltimore will be able to pay even more attention to Tyreek Hill with no Waddle, with no Mostert out there. Is this a game to where you might look to back the under? I do. I, th- I think to me, you want to pace this game. I mean, how many possess- – you know, you- the one thing about you're playing Miami, you want to limit the possessions. And Baltimore, you know, Baltimore is a team that – you know, they're going to try to be methodical and how they're handling Lamar's ability to run with it, right? I think that's going to be key. And, you know, look, we saw the Rams go back in there and run the football on them. We saw the Niners struggle to run the ball. So this is going to be interesting if Miami can run the football on them. I, th- I think that's going to be the key. Miami couldn't – I mean, the last three weeks now, really, it, it goes back to the last two weeks. They haven't really been able to run the football. Tennessee, they could. They lost. Washington, they, everybody runs the ball in Washington. And, of course, the first Jet game and, and on, on Black Friday. But the last two weeks, you know, the last two weeks, they've had 170, uh, 168 yards rushing in the last two weeks against the Jets – at home and, and against the Cowboys. So the key is for them to get, get the run game going. When they don't run the football effectively, then it really takes away all the RPO stuff. Last thing for me on this game here, because it's been a lot of the discussion over the last few weeks. Like, it feels like we've been kind of passing the, the MVP torch. One week it's Dak, next week it's Purdy, yeah. now it's Lamar. Can Lamar win MVP if the Ravens win today? 
Well, it depends on how he plays, right? I mean, this, 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 whole, this whole MVP conversation is week to week, which it shouldn't be. It should be over the landscape. I think if Lamar wins today and plays great, it'll be in good position. However, if Josh Allen plays well today against New England and Josh Allen goes into Miami and beats Miami on their field and wins the East and has this incredible comeback, I think he's going to garner a lot of the votes. I really do. I don't think this is over yet. I still think Josh Allen has a chance. Now, if Miami wins today and they lock out Buffalo from being the number that winning the East, I think it's harder to make the case for Josh Allen to be the MVP. Yeah, oftentimes the MVP comes from like a top two seed. The last five seed to be the MVP was Peyton Manning back in 2008. So it's it's typically a, a guy who is able to at least win their division, at least at quarterback at least. Uh, we saw Adrian Peterson, I believe, was the sixth seed, but the year that he ran for 2,000 yards in 2012, the last non-QB to win MVP. You mentioned Josh Allen. His Buffalo Bills are hosting the New England Patriots this afternoon. The, the market likes the Bills quite a bit. It's continually yeah. steadily gone in the Buffalo Bills' favor. At Circa, we're as high as 14 and a half. 14 is the number, though, across the board total at 40. Yeah, I mean, everybody except for Russo's on Buffalo. Russo took New England in the 13. Oh. He got a bad number. Yeah. And he went, he went with that number this weekend, which I didn't understand but, you know, he feels like New England's playing better, which they are. The problem is when you make that decision to go with New England, you're counting on New England not turning the ball over because Buffalo lives on turnovers. And New England has not had a game this season. Think about this. A team that prides itself on avoiding losing before they win has not had a game this year back until week three where they haven't turned the ball over. Right? They've turned Jeez. the ball over. Now, the last four weeks, they've only turned it over once, which is really a good situation for them. Against the Giants, they turned it over three times. That's why they lost that game. So, for me, I think when you look at this team, you know, you're saying, can Zappi not turn the ball over? Can they do things effectively offensively? And the last time they played them, they scored 29 points on them. They had one of their most productive days, 268 yards passing. So will Buffalo correct that? I think that's going to be the key. And how healthy is this Patriot defense? I mean, they've had some, a lot of injuries. You know, Peppers was limited with the hamstring. He's been ruled out. You know, Smith-Schuster's out. Barmore, who had an incredible game last week, he's limited with the knee. Miles Bryan, who had another great game, he's limited with the chest injury. So they've got a lot of guys on that injury report, which I think is ticking this number up a little bit as well. And Buffalo got a lot of positive news on their injury side of things. Micah Hyde, he's back and he's good to go. And also a, a late Christmas gift for the Bills, Daquan Jones. He That's is now returned. One. That's a really big one. Like, that might elevate this Bills defense toward what we saw earlier on this season. They were a different team. Everybody talks about Milano, and I think Milano was great. But when Daquan Jones was humming, just ask the Miami Dolphins how hard it was to block him. This is huge. This is a big boost. And this will be a problem for New England to block him. He wasn't in the first game. And when you watch them with a really good three technique along with Ed Oliver, now all of a sudden Oliver becomes a better player. So this is going to be a challenge. And I think it's really, to me, you know, when you're trying to cover a 14-point spread, what you really need is a pick six or you need a fumble. You need somewhere where the defense gives you seven points somewhere, whether it's field position, seven points, or they actually score to cover this big number. And the game kind of gets away from you as you move into the fourth quarter. So that would be the one thing that concerns me because even as New England, I mean, I, New England, I know they've been hitting the overs lately because of their offense has actually moved the ball better in the last few weeks, but they are not a, 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 they are not a come from behind team, nor are they a backdoor cover team.
Yeah, it's kind of one of those, like, once they get down, it's kind of, they're down and out. Uh, the total is sitting at 40. Our producer, Elliot, put in some uh, a few interesting trends with this game here. The Bills, Michael, we talk about how they when they win, they typically blow teams out. They're 0-7 yep. against the spread in their past seven games as a double-digit favorite. Of course, we saw last Saturday against Giff Smith and the Chargers. They almost lost that game, needing the yep. field goal to go with 30 seconds to, to win that one by two. And then also, Bills games are 10-5 and to the under this season, and six straight Bills home games have all gone under the total. So Buffalo at home, play, they play pretty good defense, as we saw against Dallas a couple weeks ago, and we've seen throughout the season. Well, you got to think, okay, how many points do you think New England can score? They scored 29 the last time they played them at home. I think Buffalo was beat up, but they played well. So if you think New England can score 17, for you to cover, you you got to get 31, 30. You got to get 34, 32 points. And you got to say, well, New England's defense, are they going to give up that many points? You know, Kansas City went back in there. Kansas City really can't move the football. They scored 27 on. Now they turned. What happened in that game? Zappy turned the ball over, gave them field position, and they were able to they were able to make it make it so that they were able to get points. I mean, they had they had you know that one turnover was in their own red zone and it created a, a touchdown for them. So that's going to be the key. I think if if New England doesn't turn the ball over, they will cover. Yeah, the last time Belichick was a 14 point dog. Outright upset win in Super Bowl against the the LA, sorry, the St. Louis Rams uh, way back when in the 2001 season. All right, we'll be back to break down some of these other early slate games on the other side of the Lombardi. This week, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $150 in bonus bets instantly. And when they do that, they'll get NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Fantastic deal. Download the app and use the promo code VEASAN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi and Bebfe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey as we're rolling along with 10 early games in the National wow. Football. It's a lot of games, man. They're, they're putting us oh, to it. Twitter, four-game Femi is going to be at full. We might have eight-game Femi today, huh? I mean, we'll, we'll be at full capacity with the, with the YouTube TV, the, the, the multi-view. What's going to be your game of choice? I want to know what's your game of choice. Like, there's got to be a game in the big window. What's oh, your it's, game it's, of choice? It's Ravens-Dolphins. Even though I have no bet on it, okay. it has to be Ravens-Dolphins. Like, that's the game right. that I want to see. Like those are the two playoff teams. How do those teams kind of match up and fit together? Um, I think that's yeah. the one that we got to be keeping a close eye on. So even though there's no money on it, we'll have the other games with the mute. But yeah, Ravens-Dolphins, that's the number one game for me this early window. Uh, a game that I might get to the window with, I'm still contemplating. I know this is your Hall Notes play of the week here. The Falcons at the Bears. Right now we have a three-point spread over at DraftKings, but two and a half is the consensus number. Uh, it's kind of in between two and a half and three. I'd probably say a consensus total 39. Maybe there's a light chance of some snow, 10 to 20 mile per hour winds. Uh, why is this the game that you wanted no part of? I don't trust either quarterback. I don't trust either team. You know, I mean, the Bears have a ton of injuries. We know this, right? You know, Cole Komet's going to be a game-time decision. Darnell Moody's already been ruled out. DJ Moore had this disappearing high ankle sprain. We didn't see that. <laughs> you know, he's not on the report any longer. So, you know, and then when you look at Atlanta, you're always worried about Atlanta playing on the road. I thought Atlanta played really well last week defensively. They shut down Indianapolis. They handled that. But we're dealing with, you know, Justin Fields is a career straight up. He's 9-27. and 27. You know, against the spread, he's 13-22. and 22. You know, and then we're looking at Taylor Heineke, who's 13-15-1. I mean, tell me where you're going to get any sense of where this is going to go. If I had to make a play, I would take the points in the Falcons because I'm not sure that the Chicago is really should be favorite this year, right? 
you know, and when you look at the quarterbacks that Atlanta has faced this year and that have lost to, you know, it's hard to predict. They've lost to Goff. I mean, they lose to Dobbs, comes in off the bench after Jaron Hall gets hurt, right? You know, Kyler Murray beats him out there in the desert. Kyler Murray hasn't played good all year other than that game when they were on the road. So road Falcons bother me. You know, Chicago without, without a lot of their weapons, especially Cole Komet, who's a safety valve, you know, that bothers me. Chicago's really good run defense, the best yards per attempt average in the league in terms of the run defense. Can Atlanta run the football? Doubtful. Now I'm putting all my confidence in Heineke. Uh, I don't know, but I have no confidence in the Falcons offense either, especially if they turn the ball over. Sounds like Bears tight end Cole Komet will be a game time decision here, but Chicago over the last, I'd say, month or six weeks or so, defensively at least, they've been playing a lot better. And, and I think that it's going to go ahead and save the head coach's job here. Ian Rappaport over at NFL Network says that the Bears are expected to bring back Matt Eberflus for 2024. Now, Chicago hasn't come out and said anything, but uh, it's been at least a resurgence for the defense. They made the trade for Montez Sweat. They're playing better on that side of the football here to where I don't know if it's quite the same as the run it back that's going on at one Jets drive, but sounds like the head coach might be safe at least. I, I think you have to give Eberflus a lot of credit for what he's overcome this year, right? I mean, he had a, a defensive coordinator. We still don't know why he got fired. All sorts of speculation. The running back coach got fired. He had to leave. You know, the whole whole organization looked like. Remember when he went back to play Washington earlier in the season? You know, they thought there was a lot of conversation that he was going to get fired after the Washington game, even though the Bears typically never make coaching changes during the season. Remember, there was a Peter King report that said he was going to get fired if he didn't win that game. That was week five of the season when they were 0-4 and and they had the big win and field scores 40 points. But they have played much better defensively. There's no denying it. You know, and I've been critical of the sweat trade, and I'm still critical of it because they could have got sweat as a free agent. Now, he's obviously helped save his job, which is probably why they did it, but they paid a hefty price for him. A high two is a really a valuable pick, and then you pay that two. So, look, it made Bear fans happy. I think most people in the league, including myself, thought that that wasn't a, a smart deal, but it saved their careers. Now, the bigger issue is what do they do moving forward? Are they going to go with Justin Fields or are they going to draft the quarterback? To me, if Eberflus wants to win next year, you know, he better draft himself a quarterback. This is exactly what happened with Matt Nagy. They brought Nagy back. He drafted Fields. They went one year and they fired Nagy. If you put a percentage on it, what percentage would you put on it that Justin Fields is back in Chicago next year? Oh, I would say 20% at the best. I mean, look, the guy, I mean, you don't have to look much further than the splits. He's 9-27. and 27. I mean, just look at the look at the passing yards. Femi, he hasn't thrown, I mean, last week 170. The week before, 148. The week before that, 194. 199, right? 151. I mean, like, you know, Carolina, he threw for 162. Like, tell me when he throws the football effectively. Like, you know, I mean, loose play, sure. Now, what's happened the last two weeks is they've cut down on turnovers. The, the, the Browns game, they had three turnovers. Last week, he only had one turnover. So they've improved that. He's done a better job of protecting the football in those games. But to me, you still have no passing game. I mean, you still have no passing game. And so where are we going with this? He averages 6.7 yards per attempt. Are you beating anybody with that? That's not the efficiency that we're looking for. Um, I, I think it's going to be one of the interesting offseason discussions. The Bears right now have the number one pick thanks to the Carolina Panthers to where in a draft with a lot of quarterbacks that people like, they could maybe turn the chapter and go, and go towards another well, uh, direction. 
I think he has value, right? So you're gonna if you want to move him, you got value. But I think this is a bigger issue. Do you paying him? Are you gonna extend his contract? Are you gonna pick up his fifth year option? I mean, his success rate, if you just go to it, is thirty eight point three percent. Tyson Badgett's success rate was fifty two. Like if you look at all the data, all the analytical numbers, it, none of it supports bringing him back. None of it. None of it supports making Kyler Murray the franchise player either. Kyler Murray is just slightly, slightly uh, uh, ahead of Aiden O'Connell in all his metrics. That's that's bad. That's not where you want to be. Uh, as Aiden O'Connell somehow got a victory last week, completing only uh, passes in the first quarter. But we don't have to get into all of that right now. How about the game in uh, in our nation's capital between the Niners and the Commanders right now? 49ers, 14 point favorites, total 49 and a half. The QB injury news from Friday sounds like it's worse for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Jacoby Brissett sounds like it's an uphill battle for him to be active. We'll find out the actives and inactives in hour number two here. But if they're going back to Howell. Man, he might be a dead man walking behind that offensive line against that Niners front. Well, I feel really bad for Hal because, I mean, look, Chase Young's going to be highlighted. I mean, he's going to be on top of his game. This 49er defensive front's going to be hunting down. You know, the only thing you have if you're going to take the commanders and the points is you hope that the Niners get their guys out of there and there's a backdoor cover. I feel bad. I really do for Hal. His eye level is way down. He can't – he's not – he's been hit so many times this year that what they've done to him is very similar to what they did to David Carr in Houston. He just got hit too much, and and now all of a sudden they're paying a price to it. So I think that's really going to be the concern. Is, you know, he's got to go back in there against this rush and that bad offensive line. I, I think it's going to be really, really challenging as we move forward. So, you know, I, 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 I can understand why that line moved. I think that's really kind of an interesting uh, – it went to 14. Remember, there was, it was down to 12.5 because at least with Brissett, you felt like they were going to make some plays in the passing game because they have some weapons, but they can't block anybody. Another interesting note that just came in from Andrew Siciliano is Aldrick Jackson, the starting left tackle for the Rams. He was questionable all week. He's mm-hmm. out for personal reasons today in the game. That's significant. Every time the Rams lose their tackles, it does affect – them. And there's been a lot of sharp money coming in on the Giants. That line was six. It kind of went back. Well, that was when it was DeVito. It went back down to it was six and a half. It went down to five and a half. It went down to four. Now I think it's been at four or it's been it's at five right now. And I think it's going to stay there. But that injury to me, it's now it's back up to six all over the place with six and a half here in New Jersey with DraftKings. So the line's moving. I would expect a little bit back towards the Giants here off the six and a half. Yeah, the total's down to 43 and a half here. It's like it's it, like you mentioned, it's going back and forth here. The Rams, a lot of people want to play on this team because of what they've looked like over the past month. I think a lot of people think that this will be a dangerous team in the playoffs here. Uh, it, it's just, it, it does feel like you're probably paying at the top of the market here for the Rams here, yep. but I just don't know if I want to back DeVito, or not, or not sorry, not DeVito, to Rod Taylor here getting six here now that uh, the Rams have at least been able to game plan for him all week. Well, but but still, I think you have to kind of think that you got a chance to maybe uh, keep the game close. It's home dog at six and a half is a pretty good play. A lot of people have played that. Uh, you know, I, I, I think the Rams are priced too high here in the market, especially considering there are some offensive line concerns. Look, they're a good team, and I think Stafford's playing really well. Don't get me wrong. And, and I think they'll win the game, but I do think six and a half is at the height of the market for the Rams.
Yeah, and for the Rams, Puka Nakua sounds like he's good to go uh, and will play in this game. He was dealing with a hip injury, didn't practice on Friday, so there was a little bit of concern from a, a lot of the fantasy players who are it's the it's fantasy football championships this week, Michael. So a lot of people yeah. are uh, curious to see what the Gotta active and actives look like. Got to get it, and Puka Nakua has been productive for this Rams team, chasing down the rookie receiving record. We'll see if he can get that over the final two weeks. All right, we will get to Aiden O'Connell and the Raiders on the other side, as well as the AFC South showdown between the Titans and Texans next here on the Lombardi. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every NFL or bowl game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. We're always improving our betting splits page and recently added soccer betting splits from around the world. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com slash splits. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Week 17 NFL, uh, the penultimate Sunday of the regular season here. As uh, it's, This thing has gone by way too fast. It's almost sad, to be honest, wow. uh, how fast this has gone. Next week will be week 18, and all of a sudden we say goodbye to a lot of the teams, and then we're down to yeah. down to the 14 in the playoffs. But uh, we'll, we'll enjoy it. And we say hello to have. Ken Palm, and, and we start talking about Ken Palm, so, which is just, you know, oh, boy. Anyway, let's enjoy it let's while enjoy we can, it. Femi. It's yeah. 2023. We're going to go into 2024 in a very positive outlook. We will. So let's just ins- let's enjoy these moments and these games. And we got a lot of them, a lot of them this week. Wow. I mean, so many games in the in the one o'clock window. I, I don't know what Will Hill was thinking, but obviously, you know, since he makes the schedule, we just have to live with it. We got 10 of them things, and we got the AFC South all during the 1 o'clock window, and we'll start in Indianapolis where the Colts are four-point favorites against the Raiders, total 42. There's even a four-and-a-half out there in the market. The market has loved Indianapolis all week. Do you think that they're right? Well, I think this. Look, I think the Raiders were very fortunate last week. The mistakes that made by Kansas City. If Kansas City just punts, they win the game 7-3. to I mean, it's hard to think that 
you know, you can win a game without completing a pass in the second, third, and fourth quarter. Meanwhile, the Colts were not very good last week in Atlanta. You know, without Michael Pittman, without Jonathan Taylor, uh, they had a hard time trying to run the ball. Atlanta got really right up into their grill and challenged their receivers. They attacked Minshew down the middle with their blitz protection, with their blitz areas, and it made it a game very hard. And Atlanta's offense was really good against a very porous, if you will, Indianapolis defense. So different story this week. I mean, you're saying if you're taking the points, Aiden O'Connell's going to play better. And I don't think there's any doubt he can't play any worse, okay? Mm -hmm. So he will play a little better. The problem is inside that dome with the crowd noise, the defensive front for the Falcons, I mean, you got to be a little bit worried about that in terms of being able to create turnovers, right? So one thing the Raiders have done a nice job is, is they haven't turned the ball over. They've been very good at protecting the football, and they've cut down. You know, the one game they turned it over three times against Minnesota, That's and they lose three to nothing. Think about it. Turned it over three times against Miami. We're in that game. They lose 20 to 13. But other than those games, really, they've done a good job of protecting the ball with since Antonio Pierce has come back. No Josh Jacobs. But I do think Zaire White will run the football. They'll try to get the ball to Adams immediately, and I think the Colts will know that. But where I like the Colts in this matchup is I really think Steichen will do a good job of attacking this Raider defense, which has played really well, which has played really well. But they're still the 25th-ranked defense on third down, right? They're still the 25th-ranked defense on third down. They're still the 21st defense in yards per attempt rushing allowed against them, right? They've done a great job of eliminating big plays. They've kept the ball in front of them, and they've done a good job of playing situational football but they're still 25th in the red zone defense. So I do think I'm going to go with Steichen here. This is one of my picks for the week. Is Ste- and I took it at three and a half on the Russo because I think Steichen will move the football, and I think the Colts will play well at home, returning home, with probably the healthiest they've been. Now, they've got to block Max Crosby. They've got to block Koontz. They've got to block the front, and I think they can. But they're a different team, really. They are a different team offensively. When you look at them at home, I think there's no question that they play better when they are at home. And, and you know, we've seen it. You know, we've seen them play, you know, last, you know, they put 394 yards against Tampa at home. You know, they were able to pull a lot of yards against Tennessee, 429 against Tennessee. You know, they even moved the ball against the Rams going back to early in the season. But I just think they're a better home team than they are on the road. Yeah, they've been a really good home team. They're ten and five to the over this season here, and the 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 total's been getting bet to the under. It's almost like Aiden O'Connell's sort of kind of dragging this thing down, this total here, to where if if you want to keep playing on this Indianapolis total trend, you're gonna get a solid number here. You can bet over forty one and a half if you want to go ahead and do that. Like at home, they're efficient with their offense, uh, but the Raiders have been a very very frisky underdog. They're six and one ATS in the seven games under uh, Antonio Pierce as the interim head coach, and they're four and one ATS in their past five as dogs so he's been able to motivate these guys and these guys want to play for him and everything so who knows what happens in this game but I think I would probably lean to your side of Indianapolis I didn't want to lay it here because I think a lot of people have kind of uh, sucked the value out of this at four and a half now or four but I think it's probably the the Colts are passing for me it'll probably be a pass yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of pe- a lot of people early on saw the Colts. I think there was an inflation to the number based on the Raiders, what they've been able to accomplish over the season, and take nothing away from them. I mean, they have played really well. 
And, and you know, they've corrected themselves, you know, since they made the coaching change and all that. They've kind of got themselves. But offensively, they really haven't improved at all. You know, they, last week they had the two big runs at the end of the game, which won the game for them. But, you know, when you don't complete a pass and it's very challenging – you know, it's difficult. And, and O'Connell has struggled. Now he gets to come back to Indiana where he played at Purdue just up the road at West Lafayette. So maybe that'll certainly help him. But I think the pressure of the Colts front, I think that's going to be the key. Can, can this Raider offensive line handle the crowd noise on the road? I think a bad quarterback and a marginal offensive line on the road, I think that's always a good play. Well, let's stay in the AFC South here with the Titans and the Texans. Houston's a four-point favorite, total 44. C.J. Stroud, he is back after missing two games in the concussion protocol, but the Houston Texans have a number of injuries on defense, especially that defensive line. Will Anderson, I believe, should be able to go, but Jonathan Grenard, he's been ruled out. Malik Collins, I believe, has been ruled out as well. So uh, a little bit banged up up front here against a Tennessee team that is going to put Will Levis back at quarterback uh, once again here uh, on the road. Yeah, and this line has, you know, there's some three and a halfs out there in the market. I mean, this line has moved constantly. It was in the contest at Circa, it's five and a half. Think about that. In the contest at Circa, it's five and a half. So we've seen a lot of movement towards Tennessee with Will Levis. Now, we know that the, te- the Texans won the game up there, 1916 in overtime with Case Keenum playing quarterback. And actually, Levis played really well. Houston was beat up in that game, too. Houston wasn't playing. You know, Houston had a lot of injuries in that game. Obviously, Stroud didn't play. The receivers, since they've lost Tank Dell, they have not been as explosive in terms of their offensive production. You know, and so that's been an issue. But this Tennessee team has not played great defensively. They're too, they're soft against the pass. They can't play that. And then you get them on the road, that variable factor that we all count on, you know, in a close game hasn't really been able to show up. And Levis is so inconsistent throwing the football. You know, he's so inconsistent. It's up and down. He goes into Miami on the last drive of the game. And, you know, he plays well. But, look, we know this. In six seasons with the Titans, Rabel has never finished below 500 ATS. And as an underdog, he's 5-6-1 and one this year. So it's a different Rabel team. Yeah, it definitely is a different Vrabel team because you have a different quarterback here with Will Levis, who I think he's a little bit more volatile. Like It's like a roller coaster with Levis. He'll make some great plays down the field, but he'll also do some some costly mistakes as well. So it's kind of hold on to your butt a little bit if you're backing Will Levis, especially on the road in this game. Uh, the, the final game in the AFC South is the Panthers at the oh, Jaguars. Man. Jacksonville, no Trevor Lawrence. He's out with the shoulder injury. It'll be C.J. Beathard playing as they've uh, they've lost four straight here, Michael, in, in the month of December, 0-4, and now they're down to a four-point favorite, but there's some shops here, especially Circle, where I'm sitting, where it's down to three and a half, and the total's 37 and a half. This is a guy to have a game here for Jacksonville, and unfortunately, they don't have their, uh, their QB1. Well, they don't have the QB1. They haven't played good defense. I mean, what have they done really well all year, Femi, is they've played great. They've turned the ball over defensively. And when they play well, they usually get turnovers. I mean, against Tennessee, when they won that game 34-14, they, commit, they got two turnovers. They did not turn the ball over. But what has happened over the last three weeks, why they have on this three-game losing streak and why they lost to Cincinnati before that, is because they haven't been able to turn the ball over, right? They have turned the ball over 10 times in the last three weeks. And last week against Tampa was a disaster. Their defense has not played as well. And their offense, because they have no running game, because everything relies solely on the quarterback's ability to throw. They're sixth in the National Football League in attempts passing, right? And, you know, they don't run it. They can't run it. They're 31st in yards per attempt with ATN as the back. 
Now, Zay Jones is questionable. They're going to need him to play. They think Cam Robinson will play. Beathard's full go. Uh, to me, this is a game that, you know, they're going to have to try to run the ball. If they turn it over, it helps Carolina. But Carolina is not an offense that can go 10, 12 plays and be consistent. So to me, I think Peterson's got to play this conservatively, run, you know, try to minimize any mistakes because if he turns the ball over, Carolina will cover this game. But the line has gotten away. It was, what, six earlier in the week? Now it's yeah. down to three and a half. That three-point line movement is always – the only coach who overcomes the three-point line movement or that much of a line movement is usually Sean McVay. I mean, he kind of is able to do that. Not many other people can do it. When, you know, when you see that, it's always difficult. But McVay, for some reason, he's one of the coaches that does it. He's 48-19 straight up, and he's 37-27 when the line moves towards his team. Real quick before we go to break, who wins the AFC South in your opinion? I think the Colts do. Oh, that's music to our producer Elliot's ears there. Hashtag for the shoe. We'll be back with hour number two coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 